And it is Jared and the GM Floyd. We are live today hanging out with our friends at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. And, of course, they're under new ownership. And guess what? We got a pair of Preds tickets to give away and not just any Preds tickets, Floyd Reese. Okay. You're supposed to say tickets to the opener, which is tickets to the opener. Oh, okay. Tickets to the opener. How about that? So come on by and register. They got you all set up to register right next to us out here at Cool Springs Wine in Spirit. So come on out. Register to win those. Uh, As I walked in, I went and, and saw the fireball. They got plenty of fireball, which is, of course, always good. We, uh, we like that. So it is absolutely they ready to rock and roll out here. How are you today, GM? I'm outstanding. Good. Doing good. Good. So the Predators have set their final roster for the uh, opener Thursday night. No real surprises. Salamaki and Santini go both down to Milwaukee. So maybe they'll be back at some point, although if they're not, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but the Predators have set their final roster. No real surprises. Daniel Carr makes the final cut. And the Predators are going with seven defensemen. So they're underway. They've got practice. We'll get into some of that coming up. But I put up a poll today, Floyd, on Twitter. And you know, normally we do the poll on Wednesday, which is the Marcus Mariota, the official Marcus Mariota approval poll rating, which we will do tomorrow. But I just, something we kind of talked about yesterday was something I was thinking about today. And yeah. so I put up a poll on Twitter just asking Titan fans this question. Which Titans wide receiver will have the better career, A.J. Brown or Corey Davis? Now, again, this is better overall career between the two. Brown, a second-round pick this year who's got four games under his belt, and Davis, a first-round pick, the fifth overall pick, who's played in the playoffs before, who's got two full seasons, who came into the year as the number one wide receiver. And I was stunned by the current results on the poll. You can go vote at Jared Stillman. On Twitter, but I was stunned, Floyd, with the answer. What do you think? What do you think the fans picked? Who will have the better career? Brown. What what percentage did you think it was? Oh, I don't. Doesn't matter to me. Eighty-five percent say A.J. Brown, and fifteen percent say Corey Davis. Anytime we put these polls out after one of these guys has had a big game, they're going to win the poll. I got news for you. I mean, if you think you're breaking records here, this is this is the way it's going to work. And if you guess what, if Derek goes out and rushes for 200 yards next week, and you have a poll, he will be the greatest running back in history. Oh, so last year know, everybody hated Derek Henry until Derek Henry gonna, started yeah, running for 200 yards a game. Yeah, it's uh, it's not unusual. That's and that's fine. I mean, we we all hope he does. You know, well, that'd be great. But it wasn't like saying who's the better receiver last week, who's the better receiver tomorrow, who's going to have the better career. And the fans overwhelmingly say A.J. Brown will have a better career than Corey Davis. And I want to look at that and say, whoa, 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 fans, like 85-15, that's too much for me. That is a huge discrepancy. And I want to look at it and say, whoa, 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 fans, calm down on A.J. Brown. He's only played in four games where he's had – Four big catches, and now <laughs> you want to play now, Who are you AJ talking Brown. to? Are you talking to them, or are you looking in the mirror? And that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, it's hard for I me mean, to say that have... because I, because yeah. I personally, I believe in AJ Brown. I like, love AJ Brown, and like I think AJ Brown will have the you better like career a than Corey Davis. Girl, AJ Brown always so good. He's so good. He is so, He's so good. So good. He's so what do you legit. do? You got four balls. 
Oh, but he's so good. They were such good for balls. They were. <laughs> they were. And so I want to get mad at the fans. I do. I want to look at the fans, and I want to say, fans, 85 to 15? That is crazy. And yet, I do, if you were to, if I were just to make one vote, if it were to be the Jared Stillman vote, I'm taking A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown will have the better career than Corey Davis. And then this puts Titans in an odd spot because if you're the Titans and you think, like let's say J-Rob decides at the end of the year or something that A.J. Brown is going to have a better career than Corey Davis, then don't they have to move off of Corey Davis before they pick up his fifth-year option and start having to pay him? like a number one wide receiver when they're going to have to give that money to A.J. Brown down the road. I mean, yeah, that, this no. changes everything. No, no. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, so Don't then let's... you worry your little head. Then let's turn this to you. <laughs> okay. Who do you think will have the better career? What do oh, you I think no, will be... Wait, when you look at these two receivers, what do you see? I have no idea. I mean, we... I mean, so far, there's no comparison. But, you know, one guy's been in the league for a couple of years. But... I mean, I don't think we have any, you know, time will tell, as usual. I mean, a career is not made in one game. It's not made in four catches. It's not made in one year. It, it probably isn't made in a couple of years. you got to look at it, and you got to let it. It's going to take time. And if you're talking about how you're going to do in a career, I mean, what if he plays 10 years? You may not know what kind of career he's going to have till year three or four. So, you know, but but – as long as they both keep making plays, as long as they both keep catching the ball, being productive, that's that'd be great. And whoever ends up with the best career, more power to them. But I mean, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna affect. I mean, we're not gonna know anything about that right now for a while. I know, but you at least have to give AJ credit because if there's nothing else, he has flashed some pretty impressive tools. Flashed is a good term. He and, has flashed, and it gives and it gets people like me excited for the fact that. I mean, the Titans are so desperate for a number one wide receiver. And no offense to Davis, but outside of the Eagle game and the Patriot game, Davis has not really flashed a whole bunch in his career. Brown, in four games, has flashed in two of them. And that gives people like me hope that finally the search for a true, reliable go-to receiver since Derek Mason might be there. Now, are we getting a little ahead of our skis a little bit? Yes. <laughs> But the flashing at least gives you the excitement or the hope that it might be there. It's amazing how quickly we forget, like, the one-handed catch you made against New England in the playoff game and the one-handed catch you made two weeks ago on the sideline. where One-handed catch, too. Yeah, right on the sideline, went up with one hand, scooped it in. And then fumbled the ball? And fumbled the ball. Yeah, Davis fumbled the ball. Ball went out of did they recover it? That does, who, who recovered it? You complained yesterday about them fumbling who, too much. Who recovered it? The ball went out of bounds. Okay, so it's not a fumble. It is a fumble. It's just not a fumble it's lost. The, it's the, if they don't get it, it's not a fumble. Now, here's what worries me, okay? In Tyrone Calico's rookie season, and Tyrone Calico, second round pick, just like AJ Brown. Tyrone Calico, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, out of MTSU, comes to the Titans. First game, one catch, one touchdown. Second game, one catch, one touchdown. Then he had three for ninety-two, four for ninety-two. And that was pretty much the end of Tyrone Calico's career. After that, one for 20, three for 27, three for 26, two for 22. He was injured pretty much the next year and then was pretty much out of the league. 
So Tyrone Calico in his first two months as a as a wide receiver flashed. I mean, he flashed, and you looked at that big body, and Steve McNair loved throwing to him, and all of a sudden, never did anything ever again. Which could be the case with AJ Brown. I tend to doubt that that's going to be the case with AJ Brown because because he's so because he good. Never gets hurt. Oh, he missed camp. And he got hurt in college. And he got hurt in college. Oh, no, no, no. It was DK that got hurt. So he was not hurt in maybe, college. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that might be a problem. Do we know? We don't know. I mean, at some point, though, you have to get excited about A.J. Brown. you got to slow your roll. Are you excited about A.J. Brown? You got No. I mean, am I? What could it wait? Four catches is nothing. Four catches is non-existent. Now, of his four catches, do I like him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love him. But let me see it when it's 40 catches or when it's 400 catches. Let me see how it works. Because he has not experienced any of the things he's going to see later on. Like even more of it this weekend with Buffalo. Because you think Buffalo's just going to let him run free and too deep and all that kind Buffalo's of stuff? Buffalo's defense is so good. They will get up on him and they will. And we'll see how many, you know, how he does this week. I hope he does. I mean, uh, I am not being negative. I'm just saying for all of those people that are way, way out over their skis, you need to not be listening to Jared because <laughs> Jared is leading you astray. This thing can go a thousand different directions, and we're all hoping for the best. But time will tell. 86% of the Titan fans think A.J. Brown will have a better career than Corey Davis. That's on Twitter, at Jared Stillman. Get your votes and get your responses in. And, of course, the phone number, 615-737-1025 is the phone number, 615-737-1025. Okay, so I think I might be jumping the gun a little bit in my excitement for A.J. Brown. Maybe a little bit. So coming up next, how about this, Floyd? You tell us what you see out of him in terms of what he's doing now and what his potential is and what some of the roadblocks are. And I promise I won't jump on the table or do anything until you're done with that. Is that fair? Okay. That's fair? Sure. By the way, did you get my text last night? About? The Steelers and the Bengals? No. Your phone, 615-737-1025, Jared and the GM. We are live from Cool Springs Wine and Spirits where we have a pair of tickets for the opener. Come on out and register to win for a pair of Preds tickets for Thursday night against Minnesota. You can be going to the game thanks to our friends out here at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Where have you seen AJ maybe make his greatest stride since he became a full-time practice participant? And then is, his, is he have more confidence than a lot of rookies that you see coming into the locker room? Um, he's caught a lot of, uh, you know, he's caught a lot of passes in the SEC. Um, I think that, um, you, you know, maybe some of his work down the field, you know, has improved. Um, he's got really good body control, um, you know, for a big guy when the ball's in the air. You know, being able to, to, you know, not miss time his jump or miss time the ball in the air. And just, you know, I like the way he catches it, he uses his hands. And it was good to see him, you know, not run out of gas, you know, yesterday. That was Mike Vrabel talking about A.J. Brown. Again, the, the uh, Twitter poll on Twitter at Jared Stillman. Which Titans wide receiver will have the better career? 86% 
say A.J. Brown. 14% say Corey Davis. So I am firmly in the A.J. Brown camp. But I promise, Floyd, as we're live out at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits, where come on out until 6 o'clock today, you can register to win a pair of tickets for Thursday's Preds Home Opener. So, Floyd, I have promised, in all my excitement of A.J. Brown, to let you explain what you think of A.J., what you see out of A.J., what you think the potential, the roadblocks, all of that is, without me getting mad at you for maybe saying something negative about the great A.J. Brown. Well, again, we've seen four receptions. So there's probably not a great scattering report on this guy. I mean, we don't have extensive data to go through and review. We also have a drop pass that ended the Indianapolis game. I think he is a strong kid, built more like a running back than a receiver, uh, has good run skills, looks like he has strong hands. I would agree with Mike. I think he's very athletic. Um, you know, maybe has a little bit of squirt out of his cuts, a little bit of quickness out of his cuts. Um, you know, probably probably not going to have the same advantage that six foot three, six foot four receivers going to have when it comes to all the jump balls downfield. Um, you know, seems like he's a good worker. I mean, seems like he's a good kid. So, I mean, other than that, that's about it. So what's the difference in a guy like Davis, who looks smaller to me than Brown, what's the difference in a guy like Davis between him and Brown when Davis was the fifth pick and Brown was the 51st pick? Well, Davis uh, now is, you know, much bigger. I mean, Davis is what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, is he that much bigger? Oh, I think when you look at him on TV, I think A.J. looks bigger than Davis. No. Are you kidding me? I'm just telling you. I, I I'm going to say, I, and I have no idea, but I'm going to say A.J. is six foot, maybe 6'1", and that the other kid is 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so you're talking about he is more, Davis is more the prototypical receiver that we see teams going to. You know, all the jump balls you see down the field where the ball's thrown and and very seldom is it a really pretty pass as much as it turns into a jump ball and you've got to have the power forward type guy that can go up and get it and bring it down. That's that's more of what Davis is. I think Davis um, you know, has better speed than we think. He is a he he needs to use learn to use his body more um because he's got he's such a big physical kid that you know he should be able to screen a lot of guys out and do things like that uh obviously doesn't have quite the uh concentration you know has 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 lapses uh and came from you know he came from a background that's a little iffy, I mean, and not not from a personal st- standpoint, but you know, just small college, and he's he's learning or or should have learned by now the NFL way. Whereas I think AJ came from you know he came from a big time SEC program that that had a whole group of receivers on that team that were guys that uh, that you know are or will be playing in the league. Corey Davis, 6'3", 209. A.J. Brown, 6'2", 226. Yeah, so A.J.'s a running back. A.J.'s built more like... like uh, Henry? No. Well, Henry's 250. And Henry's 6'3", 6'4". Henry's yeah. tall. 
I mean, he's a this kid's short, squatty, running back type guy. But he doesn't even look short on TV. Like Adam Humphreys is listed at five eleven. AJ Brown is listed at six foot. And those guys on TV, and again, this is just TV. Those guys, in my opinion, look nothing alike. Now Humphreys is one ninety five, and AJ is two twenty five. So you're talking about a difference of thirty pounds. But maybe I just need to get my eyes checked. AJ is built more like uh, I'm trying to think. Flewellen. He's built more like that, shorter, squattier, thicker, you know, because Fluellen's, what, 230, Something like that, 230. Yeah. I mean, he's built more like Fluellen, whereas you, Davis, is, Davis is built more like Henry. Do you see star potential in A.J. Brown? I, I mean, I don't see star potential in anybody yet. You don't, you don't see star potential, in my opinion. Star potential comes out with time. At some point in time, there's going to be a game or a series of games or a series of plays, or say, and you're going to look at that and you go, you know what? This guy is for real. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Like, I feel like we're getting there Chris with Jayon Sanders, Brown. Chris Sanders was the other guy that caught two touchdown passes. In, uh, and I don't – did you ever think Chris Sanders is all pro – Oh, and I love Chris Sanders. I think we he's all an all-pro guy. Yeah, but what what about playing? Did you say this guy should be on the Pro Bowl team every week? I mean, every year? No. No. And Chris, is, Chris. Chris, Chris has done everything this guy's done. So, so. <laughs> so like, to me, I, I think a guy like Jayon Brown, right? Like, I feel like Jayon does something every week that we're kind of like, man, Jayon, it feels like he's getting there more and more. And Started doing it last year. He's doing it. Th- it's like this last week. Goes out, gets a sack, gets some pressure on the quarterback, makes a ton of tackles, makes a, a critical tackle of the quarterback out and wide open on fourth down. I mean, every time one of those plays pop up and you look at it and you go, there's Brown again. Wow. I mean, he is really – so he's getting to the point where you're starting to say to yourself, hey, now this, you, you're talking about comparisons. Brown was, what, a fourth rounder? Fifth rounder, I think. Evans is a first, first rounder. First rounder, yeah. And so, Evans looks bigger, but that's about it. So where are you? <laughs> Let's get to your phone. 615-737-1025. Floyd has taken out – I'm not going to lie – has taken out some of the air of my excitement with A.J. Brown. But, again, 86% of Titans fans – Think A.J. Brown will have a better career than Corey Davis. That poll is online at Jared Stillman on Twitter. Steven is going to kick us off today live from Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. Go ahead, Steven. Hey, Floyd, I'm going to need your help here um, because Jared's not going to like what I have to say. Uh, He's never liked Corey Davis, so I think he would take a tent pole and consider him to have a better career than Corey Davis. Floyd, how many touchdowns did Marcus throw Corey Davis's rookie year? Eleven. Uh, how many touchdowns 13. did he throw last year? Oh, maybe maybe I'm thinking about last year he threw eleven. Yes, it was yes, thirteen and eleven. Thirteen and eleven. Absolutely. How many has he thrown this year? Oh, seven. 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 So he's thrown seventy percent of the numbers in about, what, a quarter of the season? Exactly. Now, last year, Floyd, week four, week five, you've got Nick Williams, you got a munchkin named Tajay Sharp, you got John U. Smith, and you got Corey Steve, Davis. Get to if the point, the please. Coordinator, who are you double-teaming? 
I, I, I think I'd take my chance with just covering them all one-on-one. <laughs> there's a little – there's more options this year than there has been in Corey Davis's career. If you can't complain about Marcus never having weapons – and not give that so same I'm, so I'm supposed to so Davis. I'm supposed to get excited so I'm supposed to get excited about Corey Davis because there are other players there now to take receptions and yards and touchdowns away from Corey Davis no you should be excited because there are now other options that defenses cannot focus solely on Corey Davis if Adam Humphreys or AJ Brown is lighting him up, lighting them up on the crossing and underneath route it's going I, to open I hear it you. up over the I, top. I hear you, but thank you for your call. I hear you, but when the Steelers had Juju Smith-Schuster and Eli Rogers and Heath Miller and all of those guys, the other team still focused on Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown, in spite of all of his faults for being just a horrible person off the field, he was a true, legit, bona fide dude. And if Corey Davis was a true, legit, bona fide dude, or if he becomes that, he'll get that kind of treatment, regardless of how many Adam Humphreys you have on your team out there. By the way, did we see Juju last night? We did. (laughs) And he put the same fear into you that A.B. did? Well, Ben's not out there. I I mean, I think that has something to do with it, but no, he does not. No, he does not. He does not. More of your phone, 615-737-1025, By the way, I'm not going to disagree with the caller who said, you know, Jared has always not liked Corey Davis. I didn't like the pick of Corey Davis. I have demanded more from Corey Davis. I'm still, I mean, Corey Davis is dropping the ball too much. Corey Davis is going to be every high draft pick that is not headed to the Hall of Fame goes through the same scrutiny. It doesn't matter. And and people, the thing that people fail to realize that I try to stress on a yearly basis, the receivers in, in his draft are not the same as the receivers in some hold, other draft. Hold that thought. Let's get to that coming up next. 615-737-1025 live today from Cool Springs Wine and Spirits located at 1935 Mallory Lane in Cool Springs. Come on by this afternoon to enter to win Preds tickets for Game 1. Those are lower-level Preds tickets for Game 1, the home opener. Uh, Preds and Wild on Thursday. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Said after the game yesterday, he said that drop that he had early. He said the old Corey. Said that would have gotten to me, but not so much anymore. What do you What do you take from that about about Corey's progression? You know, there, there's it's not going to be perfect. I continue to tell that to those guys. And you know, line did a great job. The quarterback did a great job, and the receiver made a mistake. And uh, we moved on, and we, we caught. And, a lot of passes after that and a lot of productive plays, and that's what you have to do in this league and understand that there's more opportunities that are going to come your way. Quarterback, trust him, executed a great throw, timing throw, threw it out there. Corey got his head around, broke a tackle, and scored a huge touchdown. So I agree with Brable there in the idea of, okay, hey, like you're going to make, there's mistakes are going to happen during the game, but you can't sit there and worry about your mistake. You've got to go out there and go make another play on top of it. But Corey Davis drops too many balls for me, fumbles too much for me, and he was the number five overall pick, Floyd. And as we are live at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits, where you can come on out and register until 6 to win Fred's tickets for the home opener Thursday, you were getting to the fact that just because you're the fifth overall pick doesn't necessarily mean that you are 
Julio Jones, who I think was the sixth overall pick, or A.J. Green, who was the fourth overall pick in a certain draft. And, and yes, that's exactly right. When you look at a draft, everybody wants to look at the fifth pick as the same across the board. And it is not. Some years that fifth pick is, is Hall of Famer. Some years that fifth pick is, you know, just another guy. But because he's the fifth pick, he's the fifth best guy on that draft board or or the fifth highest need for your club, then, you know, he gets drafted there. And that label is stuck with him for his entire career. And the chances are he is never, ever going to live up to that label. He is never going to play like the fifth pick when you say that, you know, Julio Jones was sixth. Or, or Patrick okay. Mahomes or, was in the same draft. Yeah, so you go, you, know, you go through and you look at the number of guys and you go, yeah, okay, he's not going to fit. Now, in this draft, there was Williams, who went to San Diego. There was Corey, and there was another guy. John Three Ross guys. went to Cincinnati. John Ross. John Ross missed two years, never played snap, and is now starting to maybe look like he's got some kind of chance. Mike Williams. Never. He's been hurt the entire time, has had no production, has just, he's a guy. And then there's our guy. Well, that gives you an idea where they are. Where, Although Smith-Schuster was pretty good last year, but now that A.B.'s yeah, gone. Yeah, but that's because A.B. was here. Now that A.B.'s gone and he's the lead dog, we'll see how good he is. You know, he wants to be the number one guy, we'll see how what it's like being number one. All, all of this stuff changes. When every, and again, I, I say this all the time. When you become the number one guy, when you truly are labeled in the league as the number one guy, you're the guy that is not only going to get double teamed every week, but you're the guy that beats the double team. And when you get to that level, then you are a true number one. There are a lot of guys that are going to approach that number one. You're going to look, people look at him and say, okay, you know, you caught more passes than anybody else on our team last year, so you must be the number one guy. Then all of a sudden he starts getting double teamed and never makes a catch. He disappears. They eliminate him from the game. People say, well, what happened? You know, where'd he go? Well, guess what? They took him away. And this league is pretty good at taking people away. That's why you have so much respect for a guy like, like Julio that goes down there and you know every time he steps on the field he's doubled and every time he he all he does is go out and catch 100 plus passes every year and yet you know he's getting doubled every snap and it, there are guys that can do that that are legitimate hall of fame candidate you know number ones and there are guys that just can't do that do you so think they're that- never so they never ever get to that true NFL you know, when the when the league labels you as number one guy, then, you know, you probably are number one. Well, it's like they, uh, one time Mike Keith was talking about something with Vrabel on the coaches show, and and they were talking about kickoff returns or something, and broke a record that was held by Derek Mason. And Vrabel stops right there and goes, that's a pretty good player, Derek Mason. And started talking about D. Mace a little bit. And I think it's because D. Mace, in Vrabel's eyes, was truly a number one wide receiver who they had to scheme against. And even when they schemed against him, he still caught balls and made plays. Right. And I don't think Davis or Brown or I don't really think anyone the Titans have had since D Mace has kind of, you know, fit that category. Approach that, yeah. Do you think that just quickly before we get to the calls, do you think the criticism against Davis is fair or unfair at this point? Well, he's since he got here day one, he's been 
labeled the number one guy because he was the only guy we had. So he gets labeled, and I think he has been so much was expected of him to begin with, and now you're labeled as the number one guy. I, I don't care. You know, what did he catch last year? 65 passes for 1,000 yards. I mean, that's not a horrible year. It's not number one status, but it's not a failure. But when you're the fifth pick, people look at that and they go, no, fifth pick, you, you should be making more than that. You should be catching more, more yards. And so, you know, I mean, he's going to have to go out. and For people to be happy, he's going to have to go out and catch 90 balls for 1,200 yards. And if he does that, then I think people say, yeah, okay, we're satisfied. But, man, oh, man, that's not easy to do. Let's go to your phones. A.G. is up next, 615-737-1025. What's up, A.G.? Yo, first I want to give a shout-out to Mariota. Like I said, I'm a Mariota critic this year, and, and that game he put uh, some good touch on the passes, and I'm and I'm, I'm digging what he did that game. And uh, as far as the uh, receivers, is, I, I feel like Corey Davis has more – impressive catches thus far even though he's been in the league longer than uh AJ Brown. But uh and also far as personality wise, it seemed like Corey Davis more laid back, you know, and it seemed like AJ Brown, it seemed like, yeah, he wants that I'm the number one seed. It seemed like he got that more of a celebrity type of status to him. Like he wants that type of attention. And I feel like that may indeed help uh Corey Davis game because like I said, I don't know if he's just a spotlight type of guy like that. And uh, that's all I Thank you for the call, A.G. It's interesting he brings that up. Corey Davis was asked after the game about the way A.J. played, and Corey was like, oh, I'm so happy for him. He's going to do so many great things for this team, so many great things for us. He's going to do so many great things in this league. You know, all was just praising A.J. left and right, which I appreciate because the one thing you can't have is you can't have wide receivers bickering about not getting the ball, especially on this team because it ain't going to fly with this coach. You know, you cannot go in there, and we'll have Delaney on later today. Delaney Walker's going to join us. Delaney caught one ball last week. Delaney is a true established guy. We're talking about when do you become the guy. Delaney has that, you know, underneath his belt. And even he's probably not complaining about only having one catch because you can't do that with this coach. But the way Davis played, maybe it was how upset he was after dropping the ball, but the way Davis played after A.J., started to kind of take off on Sunday, I think there is a little bit of a competitiveness that was kind of sparking Corey Davis to play a little bit better. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Now, I don't think there's any doubt with A.J. I mean, A.J. was brought up in an environment at Mississippi. He had two teammates, bigger, prettier, faster, whatever, than he was. And so, But he was a guy that went out and still was very, very productive. And uh, and I think there are probably people that were saying, hey, you know, who's the best receiver on this team? And and for those that say, you know, it was A.J., I'm sure there were skeptics out there that were saying he's not even the best receiver on this team. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got another guy here that's going to go higher in the draft, that's going to have a better career, that's got better numbers, that's got all those things. Now, I don't think any of that carries weight. But, but I mean, there were people that were, I'm sure there were people there that that were in the news or on TV or whatever that were talking that way. Well, there were people, I mean, basically it was between him and DK. And it was basically, DK has the better combine stats and all of that stuff, but AJ was better on the field. And I'll take better on the field than better at the combine. Although you love Vander Esch after the combine, and Vander Esch is incredible, so who knows. Let's go to Jack 
who's up next on Brown and Davis. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Jack. Hey, hey. Um, I guess the good news is we got both the guys. Uh, <laughs> we don't sit around the table and try to decide which one of our children we like the best. And uh, uh, They're both great, and uh, they're going to help each other by taking the pressure off each other. Uh, that being said, um, uh, Corey did, like in that uh, the game, the Jacksonville game, he, he stopped a couple of series in that first quarter um, where he stopped on the middle route, uh, which made the ball get overthrown. Uh, he covered up um, Delaney on his lineup, which negated the first down. So killing a drive is a pretty serious offense, and, and the drops that go on. But still, they're both, they're both pretty darn good. As far as the size goes, yeah, you got one guy's two inches taller, the other guy's 20 pounds heavier, so you're both right. Thank you for the call. Uh, I'm not ready to say either guy's pretty darn good. I mean, I do love AJ. I think AJ's, oh, But, I mean, I don't think either guy has, I mean, like, it's, it's fun, you know, after a win to say about your team, hey, you know, both guys are really good. But then there's other two, like Mike Evans over there in Tampa Bay is looking at, like, you think both those guys are good? Oh, yeah. Wait till, you we, know? Wait till we get to town. Like <laughs> we, got, we got a couple guys you might really be impressed. Like with. this team still has coming so. up on the season. You got another matchup with T. Y. Hilton. You have DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills in Houston. You've got Michael Thomas in New Orleans. You've got all of those, you know, Kentucky Derby horses in Kansas City. You've got Mike Evans at Tampa Bay. Keenan Allen with Los Angeles. I mean, it's uh, there's some teams there now. You know oh, who's yeah. not on the schedule? The Steelers and the Bengals, unfortunately, are not on the schedule. But I'm watching every Bengal game now. Oh, my goodness. I sent Floyd a text last night. We'll discuss that text and how excited I am about the future after last night's Monday Night Football game. I'll try to explain. Jared and the GM, we are live from Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. Come on out and register to win those Preds tickets for the home opener on Thursday. They got people signing up left and right over here. Come on out and register to win. We're here until 6. Jared and the GM at ESPN 1025 The Game. Rudolph stays in the shotgun. The Oklahoma State kid. Connor stands to his right. He wants to throw it. He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the field. A man wide open. And it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Rudolph to Johnson. 43 yards. And the Steelers are having fun playing football. Was that So was that a preseason Steelers game last night? Johnson and Rudolph and... Oh, yeah, that was... Who, who are they? Is it the Steelers? Yeah, you're looking at that, and you're going, geez, that's nothing like the team it was. That's not Heath, year. Miller, and Bell, and Brown, and nope. Ben, and no. But the Steelers still beat the ever-living daylights out of the Cincinnati Bengals last night in what promises to be one of the worst nationally televised games of the year. I mean, those two teams come in at 0-3, and they both looked terrible at the beginning. And then I tweeted this out last night that I was embarrassed for the Bengals because that performance was embarrassing even by Bengal standards. Now, you have, uh, with a wider football knowledge, corrected me that this is somewhat on par for Bengals' embarrassments. Oh, yeah. This is not the the Bengals have have looked worse than that, I can assure you. <laughs> now, I sent Floyd a text last night. Floyd, did you get my text? No. Liar. I sent a text to Floyd last night, Ian. This is what it said. Uh, as everybody knows... Floyd and I wagered 100 American $10. dollars, 100 American dollars 
on the Bengals winning five games or less. If they win six, Floyd wins 100. If they win five, then I win 100. And I sent Floyd a text last night that said, FYI, I'll take your $100 in the form of a check, and I'm never going to cash it. I'm going to hang it on the wall. You might as well go ahead and write that check to me right now. The Bengals are terrible. Got, all they have to do is win half of the games. They're in good shape. How good do you feel about your Bengals right now? I mean, yeah, good. All they have to do is win half the games. Half the games that are left? Yes. Because they got four losses? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's keep it Start real around here. Start of a new here. season. Let's keep it real around here. I mean, I I laughed at Marvin Lewis. I, I never understood for years why they kept bringing Marvin Lewis back. And I thought, isn't that enough? Like, hasn't Marvin been through enough pain? And haven't the Bengals and their fans been through enough pain? And it's kind of like, you know, a relationship where both the guy and the girl are screwed up. You know what I mean? You're like, you kind of hope that they break up just because they're, they're both ruining each other. And so I was hoping for forever the Bengals to get a new coach because Marvin was what he was. And I'm watching that yesterday, and I'm like, they better go get Marvin back because this guy has no clue what's going on there. I mean, he's standing on the sidelines, and I'm looking at a football team in Cincinnati that looked like a Wizen Hunt coach Titans team. Can't block, can't throw, can't run, can't catch, can't play defense, can't sack the quarterback. And again, they got lit up by the Steelers, and it wasn't the Steelers. I mean, these were... Guys wearing Steeler uniforms, but it wasn't the Steelers who went out and lit him up last night. Someone call Marvin and bring him back. Yeah, the hard the hard part about those situations, and it's not it's not a world apart from what Derek Mason's going through here at Vandy. Mm-hmm. Is they get together, they Marvin knew exactly what he had, what he could do, what he couldn't do. The ownership and the GM and whoever else is involved knew exactly what he was, and everybody kind of got along. You know, okay, fine. Now, if we can never get to a point we can win nine or ten games, we're going to be thrilled to death. And uh, and if we can't get there, then, you know, so be it. Well, now, you know, we're seeing that Marvin's gone, and that job is not – the reason you take a job like Cincinnati – is because you want Baddeley to be a head coach in the NFL. You don't take it because you know it's a great opportunity. You don't take it because you know this team is is poised to make a, a long playoff run. You don't. You take it because you want to be a head coach. And and you know I don't know what they pay him, but head coaching money's never bad. So even in Cincinnati, even in Cincinnati, but it's probably the worst in the league. But it's still not bad. <laughs> so I look at it like if you're like if you're Cincinnati, you either have to hire a young up and comer who is so young that nobody else would consider it, i.e. this guy. Because even though Green Bay hired LaFleur, like LaFleur had a lot more experience than this guy had. And I was reading somewhere yesterday, apparently Zach Taylor, before he was with McVeigh, Zach Taylor was the offensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Uh, the, the the college, and failed to score double digits against Memphis and SMU and Connecticut and, like, those kind of teams. And now he's brought in to run the Bengals offense. And so it's either a young, young up-and-comer who's so young that no one else will give him the job, 
or you got to go get a guy like Mike Malarkey, who if you offer Mike Malarkey the job, you know he knows how to be a coach, and you're not going to have to pay him top dollar, but he'll take the job because he knows he can't get another head coaching job in the NFL. And he knows that, you know, he's going to make good money. You know, is he ever going to win? No. You know, but, but well, we, you know, we'll hang in here and battle. And you don't think Mike Malarkey can win in, in Cincinnati? I don't think anybody can win in Cincinnati. You don't think Bill Belichick can win in Cincinnati? <laughs> I don't think anybody can win in Cincinnati. Bill wouldn't last six weeks. I, I feel like out of there. I feel like the American media, and I include myself in this, I feel like the American media owes Marvin Lewis an apology after what we're watching from the Bengals right now. That's a tough job. I mean, and then you think about this, like, who makes the picks for the Bengals? I was thinking about this last night. The owner is, like, 97 years old, and he's the general manager, so we know he's not making the picks. Who picks the players on the Bengals? They have Bill Tobin's son. Bill Tobin. Oh, he's the guy that said, uh, who the hell is Mel Kuyper Jr., that guy? uh, In Indianapolis? that was his brother. Oh. This is... Bill was the uh, or Bill was a scout, actually a coach and a scout, but um, his son is I don't know what I don't know what his title is. It's like director of personnel or whatever. But for years and years, I don't know what they have now. For years and years, they didn't even have scouts. They had no scouts. The coaches would finish the season, jump on a plane, and travel around the country scouting, just like a scout. I mean, it was it was awful. It was a horrible job. You'd see these poor guys after an entire season, they'd go, you know, stomping through an airport someplace with six bags hanging all over them. And, you know, poor guys haven't had sleep in six months. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was brutal what they went through. So I, I have a plea to the NFL. Please do not put the Bengals on Monday Night Football ever again. I know that you don't treat Monday night football like you used to treat Monday night football. I know Sunday night football is the big, and we got a great Sunday night football game against two great teams to watch and all that. So I can't complain about the Sunday night game. Dallas and New Orleans set a record for highest ratings ever for week four of Sunday night football. So biggest Sunday night, or the, the largest TV audience to watch TV in history. On that, that Sunday, that Sunday night. night. Yep. So I'm not knocking that. But please do not give us the Bengals anymore. I understand giving us the Steelers. You didn't know Ben was going to get hurt. You didn't know they were going to be terrible. Cannot blame you for that. But please do not give us the Bengals anymore. I mean, I'd literally rather watch almost every other team except for Miami. Those are the two teams I don't want to watch. Those teams are just trash. Uh, Especially the Bengals. But, hey, you going to write me the check or are you going to hand me a $100 bill when the Moment of truth comes. We didn't say I was going to get paid, no. I, I would like it no, in no, a no, no. form Let of a check. Let me tell you how it's coming. A dollar a week for, <laughs> for 100 consecutive weeks. Then I'll start to charge interest on that $1. Yeah. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Coming up next, we have a little bit of interesting news about the Titans-Bills game. Uh, I'm not sure if it's good news or bad news. I don't know. We'll get to that. A little bit of news for that. And then, Floyd, did you see what your home state did? Oh, yeah. 
California. Oh, yeah. Pay the players, baby. We'll get to that yeah. coming up next as well. Jared and the GM, we are live out at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits out here on Mallory Lane in Cool Springs. Come on out, register to win a pair of Preds tickets, lower-level tickets for Game 1 against Minnesota on Thursday night. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game.